We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's R-V-R-A-D-I-O-2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in, welcome in. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, the April 2023 edition. And I am Eric Balkman from the FFPC, the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. And of course, here, the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I invite you to follow me and connect with me on Twitter at Eric Balkman. I want to remind everybody before we get into uh, tonight's guest, uh, we do have some exciting things going on at the FFPC right now. Uh, thank you for uh, making the uh, FFPC Never Too Early Superflex Tournament of Success. That is sold out. However, we do have some action going on in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. Just 125 bucks to enter that, and you can win uh, $25,000 in that. So you can sign up for that. We have drafts going on 30-second, 60-second, 2-hour, and 6-hour clocks. Those will stop. Those drafts will stop in 23 days. When the NFL draft starts, these drafts stop. It, it's all pre NFL, uh, so if you want a pre-NFL draft. So if you want to get in on that and have like that balanced playing field from like January to, to April, this is the tournament for you. Um, drafts uh, are also available in the Fantasy Pros, the inaugural Fantasy Pros Championship. Just 350 bucks to enter that, and you can win $1 million at myffpc.com. First time we've ever had a million-dollar grand prize in the 350 contest. It's happening this year. Uh, you can also, while you're there, and this is what we're going to get into. Oh, by the way, with the Fantasy Pros Early Bird is live right now. So you register before June 1st and then draft before June 15th. You're going to get a free $35 FFPC team credit, and you can do that up to three times. So you'll get three FFPC $35 credits there as well. So take advantage of that. Um, the 
crux of the program tonight, and um, the majority of the conversation is going to be about Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um, two ways to play Dynasty Fantasy Football at myffpc.com right now. One, you can adopt an orphan team. Um, discounted teams, reduced price teams are available right now. Uh, the leagues start at $77 all the way up to $2,500. Uh, just go to myffpc.com, pick whatever one you want. I mean, I think there's some still on there for a buck, which is crazy that you can get a, a, a dynasty team for $1 and, and manage it to greatness. You never know what could happen. Um, that's one way. And then uh, I want to say what, but last Friday, last Thursday, we launched $100 startups. Um, the 77 dynasty leagues are now $100 leagues. Um, and the reason for that is it's, it's just a little bit easier and less complicated. A lot of people are getting confused on, um, you know, not having to pay, getting the team essentially for free year one, but paying for a, a year in advance. We kind of erased that. The, the $100 startup leagues for dynasty at myffpc.com. Uh, when you sign up for those, those have the same exact deposit rules as all the other dynasty leagues right now. So make sure you're doing that at myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, comment on it, uh, share, and get notified every time we go live. I know we'll be live this Thursday. Uh, Aiden LaCore and Dave Terpoli are going to be covering a live um, never-too-early best ball draft uh, uh, on YouTube and Twitter. I'll be on Facebook and then my personal Twitch with the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show with uh, JJ Zacharyson. That is Thursday. We go live um, with JJ and me. It'll be at 7, 6 Central. And then those guys, I believe, go live at uh, 8, 7 Central. So there you go. Uh, a huge night of FFPC Fantasy Football on Thursday. But we have a huge night of FFPC Fantasy Football right now. Uh, I want to bring uh, back onto the show a player who's won 10 high-stakes FFPC Dynasty Leagues in his career, uh, including cashing in 10 of his leagues in 2022 alone. You've seen him on the high-stakes fantasy football hour. You've seen him on the road of his high-stakes slowdown. He's back on the show this week. It's my fellow Wisconsinite, Tim Gilbertson. Tim, what's up, man? Not too much. How are you doing, Balky? Doing great. Excited to have you on. Excited to talk a little dynasty fantasy football. We're going to talk about what to do with running backs like Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley. We're going to talk a little Cole Komet, Pat Fryermuth as well. And then we're also going to talk about some of Tim's rookies that he likes, some of them that he's fading, um, or at least he expects to as of right now when these rookies don't have teams yet, uh, which they will in the NFL draft coming up uh, in about three and a half weeks. So let's get into it right right away, Tim, and, and we'll jump in head first and, and talk with you about this. Uh, you have a lot of shares of Alvin Kamara in, in your FFPC Dynasty Leagues right now. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, what's your approach been with him? Have you been shopping him around knowing that there could be an upcoming suspension, knowing you're probably not going to get full value uh, for him? What's the type of deal uh, that you would take back in exchange for Alan Kamara at this point? Yeah, definitely do have a good amount of shares of Kamara, and I have been shopping him, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, armchair quarterback, probably the time to cut bait on him might have been when Drew Brees retired. But, you know, he was such a point machine at that point, you know, I didn't have it in me to let him go. And uh, with shopping him right now, um, I'm not really getting many takers for like that late first range, you know, and that suspension looming. It has everybody a little bit scared, nervous. Um, so right now, I would say if you could if you could cut bait, if you had someone willing to give you a late first, I'm probably cashing out at that point and turning that into a younger, probably uh, up and coming running back, taking a swing and taking a chance right there. Maybe even two seconds does it for me, but um, there's not a lot of offers getting thrown in at that range. So, so right now I'm being a little bullish myself personally. I'm just going to try to ride out this suspension, see if Derek Carr, 
you know, coming back there, getting some stable play at quarterback, we might get a little more of that uh, PPR nightmare coming again with him when he does come back, you know, and then uh, maybe a trade trade deadline candidate at that point once the wheels start moving and turning a little bit maybe. And uh, that might be your next best window to try to get uh, a decent haul for him to, to cash out. So. I, I think it's interesting too because um, uh, the your best bet – is probably shipping them to a contender, a team that wants to win the championship this year, right? And those contenders typically have the 10 pick or the 11 pick or the 12 pick. Like it, it's a marriage made in heaven, right? Um, so I think that's that's the right move. I, in one of my dynasty leagues, and this is a little off topic, but in one of my dynasty leagues, I um, uh, had the, I, I, it, it, I'm in a private dynasty league and one of the other uh, competitors is Dave the Dizzle Gerzak, FFPC okay. co-founder. <laughs> And he sent me a couple of offers for Rashad White. And I have Rashad White in a couple of leagues. And I, I you know, I thought they were fair. I didn't know what I was going to do on it. But then on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on BSN last week, Derek Brown from Fantasy Pros was on. He's obviously a dynasty expert. And he went up and down saying, um, yeah, I don't like Nick Chubb this year. I don't like Nick Chubb at all. Nick Chubb, you got to sell. And I said, well, let me ask you this. Uh, Dizzle's offering me Rash- or, uh, Nick Chubb in the 210 for Rashad White in the 206. So I should decline that, right? And he's like, uh, actually, I would accept that. Uh, so, so I guess to rip and Nick, and Nick Chubb, and then I ended, so I did the deal, Tim. I want your thoughts on that. Which side would you rather have? Um, I feel like in this league, I've always been. I have the uh, Brian Gutekunst, Ted Thompson, Green Bay Packers uh, philosophy to dynasty. Maybe, maybe Milwaukee Brewers as well, um, where you do just enough not to get it done. And I feel like I was. I've always been one player away. Well, now maybe Nick Chubb helps me get it done this year in this league. But your thoughts on Rashad White in the two hundred six? In exchange for Nick Chubb in the 210. You know, to be honest with you, especially if you're in the middle of the road, maybe not even a full-on contender, I think I'm going to lean with the Nick Chubb side because I think he could have another season or two where he does balance that sway of power, especially with Deshaun Watson coming back, maybe knocking some of that rust off. Um, and the Rashad White side of things, that Tampa situation could be a lot of volume, a lot of opportunity, but what's that offense really going to be like? Are they going to be near that goal line a lot? where Nick Chubb, we know Cleveland's probably going to feed him that rock down inside the 10 and, and uh, get a lot of scoring chances. So so I think I'm dropping down to the 210 and grabbing Chubb with the upgrade there, even though he is a little bit older than White, a little more proven, though. Yeah, Derek did not like Rashad White. And and Rashad White does have some bullets to, to uh, dodge in the NFL draft coming up as well. Yeah. And but, and we know that even if Cleveland drafts somebody, unless it's like Bijan Robinson or something, Nick Chubb's role is pretty safe, at least for 2022, for sure. Um. Saquon Barkley, I, I I don't think he's in the same pool as Alvin Kamara because he's younger than him. Um, he definitely has more of a workload uh, than than Alvin Kamara has had the last couple of years. Um, but now that the Giants have re-upped with him, right? It, are, are you is this the time to cash in on Saquon Barkley coming off this big season and knowing that the the shelf life for running backs in the NFL is not usually a long one? I, I you have Barkley on a few of your teams. What do you do with him? Stand pat and enjoy the ride or see what you could get for him at this point? Yeah, I really think, um, I think kind of going back to question one with Kamara, I'm kind of learning through my Kamara experience with Barkley a little bit. We've had so much injury history with Barkley. Um, I was able to grab some shares with him a little more on the cheap when people were a little bit uh, frustrated, kind of uh, just wanting to cash out. And, um, and now I think might be the time you go get those chips back because we finally had a, a really healthy season. He's got his offense churning. Daniel Jones is looking a little better. The new head coach has, uh, has you know, things in motion over there. But now this year, again, what if he gets hurt again? 
and mm-hmm. now he's he misses a season. Now that age really starts coming up into that spot where you're not going to get too much back. So, so I'm starting to actively look at deals for him. I think he might be another one, especially if he catches fire for maybe four weeks to start the season. You could really cash in well as at that point. But um, I think it'll be a year too early. But you do have that, where is he going to go next year? What's that contract situation going to be like? Is he going to get a nice, fat four-year deal next year? But it's really two-year deal somewhere, right. and they can get out after two. You know, So now you really got that last maybe two, three years on him. Um and at that point, you're grabbing a second, you're grabbing something like that just to get a piece back. So I think if you really want to haul, I think now might be the time to do it on Saquon, unfortunately. Because I do think he's going to have a good year this year, though. Right. Um, two tight ends um, that are going, I don't know. I mean, they're probably, it's it's tough for like Dynasty because everybody values different players differently, right? But I feel like Cole Komet and Pat Fryermuth are probably in the same bucket, right, for for fantasy value in dynasty leagues between Komet and between Fryermuth, If you could only have one of these guys, like let, let's say you have Fryermuth, some guy offers you Komet, or you have Komet and some guy offers you Fryermuth, which side would you rather have between those two up and coming tight ends on two offenses that I, I think aren't necessarily all that exciting, but could take big steps forward this coming year. Yeah, this is actually a really, this is a really good question because I actually really like both players a lot. Um, and, like, if you just took in a vacuum for value-wise right now, I'd probably take Fryermuth because I could spin him for a better pick back, things like that at the moment. But player for player, I'm actually – I'm going to go with Cole Komet on this just based on Justin Fields. You know, we saw some things ending last year. Um, Kenny Pickett does still have some upside too, but I think Fields has a little bit more um, higher ceiling, if you will, with his offense and – uh I do really like a lot of people are kind of stubborn on the DJ Moore, the new additions being brought into Chicago. I think it's actually going to help Komet because losing Mooney last year, Fields was doing a lot with the legs. Komet was maybe option one in the passing game for most of that year. So, so I think we get some field stretchers in there for Komet, you know, with that athleticism quarterback that's on the rise. I do think the ceiling in my opinion is a little higher for Komet. Um, but I think the floor is probably a little safer with Fryermuth. You know, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. likes to get that tight end involved. Pickett seemed to like Fryermuth last year. Um, so both great, both great assets, both great options. But I think I'm going to go for the home run a little bit. I think Komet's still got a little bit of that, uh, not calling him Travis Kelsey, but I think he's got a little bit of that upside juice that hasn't been fully tapped yet. Do you find yourself, I know like in national contests, like the FFPC main event or the Fantasy Pros Championship, never totally best ball tournament, a lot of people will go for the upside. They'll go for the ceiling players over the steady eddies. But when you're talking about the FFPC where you're just trying to beat 11 teams in your own dynasty league, Tim, do you feel like you're still going for those upside players? And this isn't just a Komet versus Firemuth question. This is a question just of dynasty philosophy in general. Are you still going for the guys that could be elite over the the, the more consistent high floor guys? Yeah, myself personally, Eric, I'm I'm definitely I swing for the home runs a little more than especially especially with the uh, the 16, 20 man rosters. I like swinging for a home run. Even you know I've had things backfire and miss, but um, but I, I like having that elite upside rather than you know have a roster full of steady eddies because I think the steady eddies they're going to get you in the playoffs. They're going to get you a little taste, but but I think you need those blue chippers. You need those home run guys that uh, are really going to bring in those titles. So. So I push a little harder and I dig a little little deeper, take some more risks to try to get those home runs. 
Uh, let's talk about uh, Jahan Dotson, or is it Jahan Dotson? I always butcher this name. I don't know which way it is. We'll just call him Dotson um, from Washington. Uh, last year, he was one of the uh, you know less sexy first-round receiver picks, right, in Dynasty Leagues, and people were kind of like, when it got to be like that end of the first, uh, we're kind of, I mean, early second in some drafts too, like we're kind of like, well, I don't necessarily love this guy, but he was a first round pick in the NFL draft. I can get him pretty late here. Maybe I'll go with him. And I feel like right now, if you, if you have Dotson on your team who came on at the end of last season, if you have Dotson on your team, he's still a tough sell. If you want to get back what what should be fair value for him. I almost think like the play not necessarily is to go out and try to get rid of him, but it might be still time to buy on Dotson because I think people are sleeping on his talent um, for two reasons. One, the quarterback situation in Washington, and two, just the general disarray of that offense in Washington. It didn't seem to matter for Dotson at the end of 2022, and I feel like he's he's an underrated guy right now, Tim. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, Bulky. Um, he's a guy that uh... – he just passed the eye test last year when he'd watch him in a game. You know, Carson Wentz really couldn't seem to get any rhythm going, things like that, much like the Washington offense for the last couple of years. But the one consistent was if the ball went to Dotson's direction, he was going up, making a play, making a catch, you know, and especially in the end zone, he was uh, he was grabbing touchdowns early on before his injury. Then he came back on at the end of the year. And and you're, you're 100% right. A lot of people are scared of the offense, the quarterback play. You also have Terry McLaurin still there. Um, and, yeah, you're not getting great value. You know, some are saying last year's class was stronger than this year's rookie class. And it's it's hard to go find a 111 and 112 and have somebody take that for Dotson, you know. Mm-hmm. So so I think you may have to wait a year, see how that quarterback play shakes out. Maybe McLaurin moves on. So this year he might not be the home run guy yet. But, Boy, that uh, his ball plucking ability and his hands—I'm pretty excited about him. I'm I'm trying to grab up shares and keep shares. I was uh, I was fortunate to get a lot of him at the back end of that first last year. Maybe it had been a two-one year there. Had a couple of years. So, so I'm excited about him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. 
for the ones who get it done. Let's uh, okay. So, so Tim, let me ask you this. Um, we, yeah, I, I think let's the rookies here. We'll talk rookies. Um, Zach Charbonnet, a little bit polarizing over the last month or so. This was a player that I was kind of excited about. And then I researched it a little bit more and I was kind of like, God, he stayed for his final year of college. I usually don't like that for my running backs. Um, and then um, I, I watched the film and I, like, he looks so electric. He looks so great. Where do you stand on Zach Charbonnet as far as a, as, as a, as a dynasty rookie draft prospect? I mean, obviously landing spot goes without saying on all these guys, we don't know where they're going to be, but just from what you know about Charbonnet at UCLA, what are your thoughts on him? You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit with you. He's a little nerve wracking. You don't know, you know, do I want to swing for the fences early on him? Or, you know, like in my personal opinion, I'd love for more people to be nervous and he falls a little bit for me. So it's less of a, a reach, so to right. speak. And then you can reap the rewards if that pans out. But, um, you know, so some people are, you know, he's got the size, he's got the, you know, the four or five speed, decent vertical. Um, but a lot of people are nervous too, because he had a really great offensive line at uh, UCLA. So mm -hmm. his electric runs, was that based on great old line player? Was that, you know, was that him? Was that to his credit? Um, and, uh, but he also is, he's that guy that um, I was just starting dynasty kind of when love bell was coming out mm -hmm. um, and he's got that patience. He's got that bigger body. Maybe he doesn't look crazy explosive, but he's pretty darn explosive. Um, and uh, he's got that steady Eddie to maybe like a James Connor to him as well to where, Maybe not the sexiest pick, but if he can do it for three downs, getting the right fit on the right offense, um, could be electric, could be one of those, uh, you know, middle of the road starting running backs, or maybe he falls into being like a Lev Bell where everybody didn't see that coming out of college mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just found a perfect fit for himself. So it, it, he could be, and then he also has that, uh, that feel like, uh, Remember when Leonard Fournette was a slam dunk over Christian McCaffrey back in the day? You know, we kind of have that draft going this year with Bijan being just no-brainer, you know, 1-1. One, one. Does Charbonnet just really shock the world and and really come out and be that guy? You know, he's he's got that. He makes me nervous because if I pass on him, what if he turns into that like we see in spurts on film? And then if you take him early and he's just a so-so blah-blah running back, you know, so it's, it's he is very polarizing, but... He's a guy I think I'm going to I'm going to be grabbing rather than passing on just for he's got that three down back upside. So I think that's where I'm going to take that swing with him. And I always think too, like, you know, we, we're not going to talk a whole lot about Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs in this podcast. But Robinson, obviously, wherever he goes, they're, they're going to be using him. He is a slam yeah. dunk, you know, uh, running back three down guy. Right. Um Jameer Gibbs, I think, is interesting because he is such a talented pass catcher that whoever drafts him, he's going to, at a minimum, he's going to have a role, a pass catching role year one. Um, but after that, you get into the Atlanta Falcons's of the world, the Cincinnati Bengals's of the world, perhaps the Dallas Cowboys's and the Philadelphia Eagles's of the world. Then all of a sudden you could be looking at if, if one of these teams jump on a guy like Charvin in the second round. Now we have something here, and I think that's what makes okay. this – um, so compelling. We talked about one Zach. Let's talk about the other Zach here uh, from Ole Miss, Zach Evans. This was a guy that, I mean, I, I go back all the way to like early February, and he, this is a guy that was going in like the mid 
like I, I look at him as like a 10th or 11th round pick. And now it almost seems like he's gone a little bit higher than that for redraft purposes. For dynasty purposes, I mean, this guy's six foot, I think 215, 220, something like that, uh, played in the SEC. I like this player. I think he's a little bit underrated. And this is another guy, right landing spot. You got to love him. But from what you know about him, the raw talent, what you've seen of him, Zach Evans, are you for or against him in dynasty leagues, Tim? You know, I think this is a, it's, it's, um, it's a one B to Charbonnet a little bit. I'm 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 skeptical on both sides with Evans. I mean, Evans was right there back in the day, kind of actually rated ahead of uh, Bijan at some point. You know, when they were young prospects. Um, so that alone, you know, the, the talents there, the athleticism's there. Um, but what makes me nervous is just never really winning a job anywhere. And mm. you know, like this past year, a true freshman beat him out um, of a considerable playing time, and. Uh, you know, just not going to the combine, that makes you a little nervous, even though I don't love falling in love with just combine stats. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you wonder if there's uh, something in the water there. And, um, you know, and I also think watching some film with him, uh, the vision's a little bit shaky for me. I think he left some runs on the table here or there. So I'm a little more out on Chris Evans than in on him. I think Chris Evans uh, – uh, Zach Evans, excuse me. Uh, Zach Evans is going to need to fall to me a little bit more than me reaching for him. So he'll be that guy that I'll definitely take with a value pick, but I'm I'm definitely not jumping on him earlier than uh, than others may be. I, you know, we we historically and we'll do this again this year. The high stakes fantasy football hour normally airs Friday nights at ten nine central, and we are not going to be doing it um, this Friday or uh, Friday of the NFL draft. We'll do it on Wednesday before the NFL draft starts. Because I contend that for dynasty players like you and I, we get more excited about day two, maybe more so than day one, because then we see we usually see where all these running backs end up. Now, we'll probably see Robinson go at some point on day one. But, man, day two, Gibbs, Evans, Charbonnet, like all these guys could be going uh, on day two. And that's when we really figure out, um, you know, how high these guys are going to go up in rookie drafts, given what landing spot they end up at because we'll be able to tell what role they're going to have on that team uh, in year one. Shifting to the receivers here. At this time, roughly last year, or roughly this time last year, LSU's Kayshawn Booty was talked about maybe being the first receiver off the board. I remember watching um, him play against Florida State in the college football kickoff, and that was still the narrative. Kayshawn Booty, Kayshawn Booty, Kayshawn Booty. Um, And then he kind of, he had a a so-so um, final season at LSU, and he is not talked about as as the number one receiver. In fact, I, I would say that the, the top tier of receivers right now, in no particular order, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, and Quentin Johnston, none of those are Kayshawn Booty. So now you look at what we were looking at about Booty this time last year. Now we see him in sort of a different light coming into his NFL draft, uh, into this NFL draft. Now, where do you stand on Kayshawn Booty? Is this a guy that just had a bad year and he's a proven talent and you're going to be on board with him? Or is this a player that you don't want to be in business with in the NFL, Tim? Yeah, Kayshawn Booty's a guy that, um, you know, I kind of look back. I got a lot of uh, DK Metcalf shares just based on some combine stuff. People didn't think he had a, a route tree. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't like his three cone, things like that. Um and I bet on decaf just based on just the specimen he was, the height and speed, athleticism, just kind of hoping, hey, I'm going to take a stab at this guy falling in the right situation in the NFL. If it pays off, it might be dynamite. Um, I think Booty's maybe for me just a little bit less of an athletic situation to that because 
he is such a good football player. He's coming off some injuries. Everyone was hoping he was going to bounce back this year, kind of put everything together athletically. That didn't happen. But part of me thinks that probably didn't disappear forever. So maybe there's something going on with that injury lingering or maybe he just was not happy that last year in school and uh, he gets into the pro system, maybe gets that back, builds up that strength. Um, so I'm not taking him off my board. I think after that, that first three that you just talked about, we get into a lot of smaller receivers that maybe have some upside. They also have some, some downside or some variables. I think for me, I'm putting Booty back up into that that uh, that range after the top three. I think he's going to be in that mix there, depending on uh, how cheap I can get him and uh, maybe see how some other drafts are evaluating him. But I think I'm still going to take a chance on the football player there and uh, hope I might strike gold. And and the great thing about it is because his value is depressed. Now, if he gets drafted by Kansas City or something, well, then we have a whole yeah, different conversation, door, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but if he goes to like a, a home home place, I mean, you, you'd probably agree with this. I mean, you, you know better than anybody. It, it, it's all about acquiring the talent in the dynasty league in da- dynasty leagues and then figuring things out later. Right. Um, because these things have a way of working themselves out. If booty's talented, even if he goes to a spot where it doesn't seem like it's a great landing spot for him, the talent will win out and he'll get on the field at some point. So I, and be, if, especially if he goes to a bad landing spot, bad, you know, a bad situation for him, then his value is really going to be depressing. Yeah, and then really you can hop him. all over him. Yeah. Yep. Um, tight ends. This is a really, really good year for tight ends. And and obviously with the FFPC having tight end premium scoring, it's obviously a great opportunity for people to bulk up and get younger at the position. We've heard a ton about Michael Mayer. I've been on Dalton Kincaid, you know, for the last few months, very excited about him. It seems like everybody's very excited about him. Like take those guys out of the conversation here, Tim. Who is your favorite tight end in this class besides those two? Yeah, it's 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 always exciting in the the tight end premium when you have three guys you're really excited about. Um, so the third that I'm excited about is uh, Luke Musgrave out mm. of Oregon State. I really like him. I think he's around six six two fifty range. Um, Twenty two years old. Um, I think he clocked his forty at four four six or four six one somewhere in that range. Um, and he's a field stretch guy. You know, he's a he's a seam guy. Get up that seam, make make some big plays. Um, a lot, of, a lot of the minuses you see on him, everyone talks about his blocking ability, all that kind of good stuff. But he's going to line up wide, and sometimes I almost prefer that tight end that they don't even mess around with blocking. You know, just get him, oh, out, yeah. get him out running routes and uh, don't bang him up, beat him up, all that kind of good stuff. Um, so I really like him, and kind of going through doing some research, I've seen him comp to – people have comped him to Hawkinson, Goddard, and he's even got the Kelsey comp a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. so – so he's getting that athletic profile where teams are excited about him. So I'm really on him. I'm hoping he lands in uh, – man, I would even love him going to KC because as great as Kelsey is, he can't be there forever. You get someone like that teamed up with Mahomes or maybe he lands with uh, Josh Allen, uh, Burrow, who knows. But, um, but yeah, I'm really in on him and his athletic ability and that big catch radius. And, uh, and yeah, the negatives – no, no inline blocking. I'm good with that. So yeah, try to roll the dice with him. It, 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 he'd be such a good grab for the for the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love. But they they use Matt Lafleur uses the tight end for blocking so much in his offense that I don't necessarily think that they'll draft him there. Although I know they've met with Musgrave, so you never know. Day yeah. two, maybe Musgrave to Green Bay. It's it's so funny it, as you're saying that. I'm like, we, we want the tight ends, our, our tight ends. Um, we want them to have the ability to block so they're always on the field. 
but we don't want them to actually block because exactly. we want them out in pass routes. You know, it's so, so, no. so we want we want you to be versatile enough to do it. We just don't want you to actually do it. Just That's just go right. out there and catch passes, Luke. Um, quarterbacks, fun year for them too. C.J. Stroud. Uh, you have uh, uh, Bryce Young. You have Anthony Richardson, who's really been shooting up um, a lot of draft boards. Will Levis is still out there too. Hendon Hooker is getting some love lately as well. Um, it, it, I don't. I don't think you play in any super flex leagues. Um, but even uh, you don't have to answer this question. Who's going to be your your favorite rookie quarterback out of this class? Uh, there's there's so many different ways we can go with it. Who's your favorite, Tim? Yeah, so my favorite. So I'm just starting to get my feet wet with the whole triflex stuff. So I'm starting mm-hmm. to learn, um, and it's it's fun. I like it. Um, you know, it's an interesting move because kind of we talked about the home run thing earlier. I think C.J. Stroud for myself is maybe the safe play this year, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's any lock. Just can't miss prospects where it's like, hey, this is our guy. So this year, I'm actually looking at. I think Anthony Richardson's my guy this year. I mm-hmm. think um, who I'm going to target. I want to take and when nobody's really, you know, knocking me off uh, the shelf here with the buying price, I kind of want to go swing for the fence. And I'm really intrigued with that upside with, uh, with Richardson. Um, we've seen the cheat code with the rushing yards and the rushing TDs. And uh, so I think I'm going big and I'm going to swing for, you know, it's probably not going to show dividends this year. You're going to have to put him on your bench and, and roll with him for a little bit. But, uh, but I'm swinging for the fences and I'm going with Richardson a little bit this year where I can get my hands on him. Uh, I forgot you're in that road of his triflex superflex dynasty. And I wonder if this could be the case this year where um, we have those rookie drafts where Stroud and Young maybe go ahead of Richardson, especially if Richardson goes to like Seattle or something where you know he's not playing yep. in, in 2023. Um, but in the single quarterback dynasty rookie leagues, maybe he's the first guy selected there because he probably, and I think most people would say this, he probably has the highest ceiling of any of the quarterbacks there, yourself included. And then maybe like, that's the case where like, okay, well I can, I have the one one the one Oh two or whatever um, in a super flex. I sort of have to take young or Stroud because I can play these guys right away at the position, but in a single quarterback league, you could probably wait on Richardson because there, there's not this, you don't have the same impetus to want to start this guy right away. Um, so he actually could go ahead of young and Stroud in the non super flex leagues. I think, yeah, I think that's a great point, Bulky. I think that would be a very good move. Yeah, you put him on ice for a year, and then, uh, yeah, all of a sudden it's like getting a new draft pick for free that following year when he's in a starting role, you mm-hmm. know, and you might have got him for a 2-5, two, 2-6, two, something like that in a 1QB league, potentially. Your uh, final question for tonight, Tim. You've been so gracious with your time. A sleeper, a rookie sleeper that you're excited to draft in your rookie drafts, and I'll apply the HSFF hour uh, co-host Farrell Elliott logic to this. You cannot mention a player we've already discussed, okay. um, a, a dynasty rookie sleeper that you like. And then conversely, a player that we haven't necessarily talked about uh, that you think is either going to be a bust or you don't want to have anything to do with in your rookie drafts. As we sit right now here on April 4th, 23 days before the start of the NFL draft. Yep. So, so my sleeper that I'm going to try to grab is the running back out of pit. Is he, Bonaconda. Bonaconda. You know, he's just got that skill set of potentially coming through, you know, for sure probably going to be a day three back. But, you know, he might surprise us, sneak into day two after the combine he had, you know. And if he gets day two capital with uh, with his size and speed and, and if he clocks anywhere near that 4-3, I mean, that's just uh, – that's some, that's some crazy speed there. So mm-hmm. – and to go with his size, 
So um, I hope he doesn't get too much hype, so he stays down those draft boards a little bit, and uh, a guy can sneak in there, grab him some shares uh, uh, throughout your drafts on the cheap with him. I'm taking some chances for sure. I think, and before we get to your bust, so a couple of things about Abanacanda. For the last like month or so when I've asked this question, whether it be analysts or um, uh, uh, high-stakes players like yourself, Abanacanda's name has come up over and over again. You hear like, a lot. I don't even know if he's going to be a sleeper anymore. 9.88 relative athletic score. Now, that was at his pro day. I don't know what he got uh, at the NFL Combine. Um, so that I couldn't tell you. But 9.88 is almost like, you know, the obviously it's out of 10, so it's almost the best you can get. And what makes him so great is he has flashed not only elite athleticism and home run hitting playmaking ability, but he's been able to do everything that was asked of him at Pitt on first, second, and third down, as you alluded to. So all of a sudden, you you combine all these. I mean, he's, he's really got the best of the best. And it also wouldn't shock me to see a Banacanda go ahead in the actual NFL draft over somebody like Evans or or Charbonnet, because all it takes is one team to be interested. Yeah. And if and if they if they have a Banacanda rated higher and they need a running back, then then I think there's a lot to like about a Banacanda. So I am totally with you on that one. Who's a guy that you don't like? Yeah. So so on that super flex vibe, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with our guy Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Levis is just one of those guys. He's he's in that Richardson camp where there's a lot of athleticism. There's a big arm there. There's some red flags coming out with, uh, you know, some of the meetings he had with some NFL GMs didn't sound like he knocked um, the meetings out of the park or anything like that. Um, um, so big arm talent, but tough decision-making skills, you know. So so he could come out and he could Josh Allen us all of a sudden and, and be dynamite, you know. But just what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing from the community um, and just some of the, the gameplay I've been watching, it looks a little too erratic for where he's going to go in that six, seven range and in uh, a super flex rookie. I think I'm going to take, you know, a couple position players before I'm going to take a big swing on a quarterback there. And, and I will take maybe the safe play and take a nice safe receiver or running back in that spot instead of levies at that point in the draft. So, yeah, so I'm it, going to be out. It, it's crazy because, like, when we started this whole pre-draft process back in, you know, December, January, whenever the NFL season ended, we started looking forward to, to this coming year. Um, it was like – Bryce Young, Stroud, Levis, and Richardson were the de facto. That was the de facto order. And now it seems like one and two have flipped and three and four have flipped, where now it's like Stroud, Young, Richardson, and then Levis. And to your point of what you're saying with Richardson before, he might actually be number one. But when it's all said and done by Dynasty Rookie ADP, we shall see on that. Um, I know whatever happens, you're going to have a lot of success uh, crushing your rookie drafts because it's just what you do. Ten-time FFPC. Uh, Dynasty League champ. You cashed in 10 out of 17 leagues last year. Is that accurate? I, I, I know yeah. it's 10. It's 10 yep. out of 17. That's yes. incredible, man. Um, Thank you. So grateful we got to pick your brain tonight. And uh, and this is probably the, the, the worst part of my night. I just realized I'm not following you on Twitter yet. At oh, Tim oh. Gilbertson 5. <laughs> I'm fixing that right now. Literally Please following you right now. Absolutely. Because I need, and I think all the viewers and all the listeners need to become better Dynasty players. And what better way than to not only follow you on Twitter, but to listen and watch this podcast back um, coming up. I, I will uh, make sure that um, the word is out on your Twitter account as well. So you get more followers that way. Absolutely. Tim, thanks so much for spending your Tuesday night with me. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck in all your leagues this season. We'll talk with you again real soon, man. 
All right. Thank you much, Eric. Appreciate it. You bet. Tim Gilbertson, ladies and gentlemen, a 10-time FFPC High Stakes Dynasty League winner, plays in 17 Dynasty Leagues with the FFPC right now, and he cashed in 10 of them last year. An incredible rate. Congratulations to him. And make sure you're following him on Twitter at Tim Gilbertson 5 Ladies and gentlemen, that will complete this month's Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I uh, want to remind you that we will be back for an NFL Draft recap episode of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown coming up the, the first Tuesday after the draft. So that'll be May 2nd. Uh, we will go live on these airwaves again um, with another um, talented dynasty player that's going to give you um, all the, the lowdown and the skinny on all the players, where they landed, and how that helps you, uh, how you can maximize the best way to utilize your draft capital and your FFPC rookie drafts is what will start, I think, like a week after that or roughly a week after that, maybe a week and a half after that. If you're looking for some action right now, win $25,000 in the FFPC. Never too early best ball tournament right now. It's just a $125 um, uh, buy-in for that. Uh, you have 30-second, 60-second, two-hour, and six-hour drafts going on. 23 more days of that before that gets cut off at the NFL draft. Uh, what does not get cut off by the NFL draft is the Fantasy Pros Championship. This year, a $1 million grand prize, just $350 to enter. Uh, you can register for that at myffpc.com. Make sure you're taking advantage of the early bird promo. Draft a team uh, before, uh, buy the team by June 1st, draft it before June 15th, and you'll get a free $35 FFPC league credit into your account. And you can do that up to three times. The main event, once again, awarding a $1 million grand prize, myffpc.com is where to go there for that. And if you want to put this dynasty data that you got from Tim Gilbertson to good use, go to myffpc.com, pick up one of those dynasty orphans. Those reduced prices on those are fantastic right now. You can get in at the $77 level all the way up to the $2,500 level. And a lot of those are reduced priced uh, below that as well. We also have $100 startup leagues going on at myffpc.com. If you want to set sail on a maiden voyage, you can do that right now. Once again, myffpc.com. As a reminder, uh, Thursday night, we will go live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network on my, uh, I beg your pardon, the FFPC's Facebook and the FFPC uh, and my personal Twitch channel. Uh, so to uh, have my interview, a two-hour interview with JJ Zacharyson from LateRound.com and, of course, the Living the Stream podcast, he will be on there. Um, if you want to check out the FFPC YouTube and Twitter channel Thursday night, we're going to have live best ball coverage for the Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament featuring Aiden LaCorey and Dave Terpoli, who will take you through a full draft on that as well. So don't make uh, so make sure you're not missing that. Your Thursday night's plan. You got no college basketball anymore, people. This is it. We're in NFL draft mode. We're in fantasy football draft mode. And we're going to have you covered with two great shows on Thursday night. Uh, Friday night, we'll be back on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on this channel right here, 10-9 Central. Kentucky Fantasy Football State Commissioner, uh, State Championship Commissioner Farrell Elliott, my co-host, and I will be on with multi-league champion in both the FFPC and the KFFSC, Craig Campbell, a guy who is a best ball uh, champion. Uh, he will be joining us at 10-9 Central on Friday night. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment, share, and get notified. Uh, so every time we are broadcasting here, you're going to know about it, and you can pop in, be a part of the conversation, and ask questions of uh, the best high-stakes players in the world uh, when we have them on these, uh, these airways. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Be good. Enjoy your Tuesday night, and we will talk with you again on Thursday night. Thanks for watching, everybody.
Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.